Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. It makes the Starseed Kitchen podcast possible. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more, just like I do with the Starseed Kitchen podcast. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And be sure to like this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast and subscribe. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Chef Erdem Shimshek. Chef Erdem's philosophy is influenced by approaches of herbalism, holistic living, and Ayurvedic science. As a culinary trained chef raised in Istanbul, he was exposed to the rich multiculture of Anatolian cuisine and its ancient wisdoms towards food. After years of experience cooking in Europe and America, his journey led him to an awakening of healing power of food and water. We are taught to disconnect from our bodies and have fallen into a false dietary mindset of our well-being. What you eat impacts every area of your mental, physical, and spiritual health. Erdem's purpose is to reconnect our bodies back to our earthy roots and raise awareness towards holistic well-being. Welcome, Erdem. Hello, hello. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me um, about Um, food and healing and spirituality today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me in your podcast. And I'm super excited. Yeah. Uh, So tell me a little bit more about your background um, in Istanbul and in the culinary world and how you ended up in L.A. So I born and raised in Istanbul 
And uh, if you guys see Istanbul, Istanbul is such a multicultural uh, city that have lots of influence by like many, many countries is one of the oldest uh, cities in the world. So the food is uh, one of the main rich uh, cultural aspect of it. Mm -hmm. You see food in everywhere and every type of food. It's like the street food is uh, so rich. Your The food that your mom cook at home is like totally different than the you have outside. So it's definitely very, very rich culturally. So I'm really find myself like, uh, how do you say, uh, lucky well, to be able to grow in the city. So being in Istanbul, my mom is from Black Sea. My father is from uh, Mid-Anatolian. So at home, I, ha- I had to experience also these two different cultures. Mm-hmm. And Black Sea region totally is different than the mid part of the Anatolia, of course. So having this, like, you know, as a cultural wise, also uh, as a food wise, I was able to experience these two different cultures in my home. Um, sport was a very big part of my childhood until come to, you know, uh, college years. I play like over 10 years, I believe, like basketball. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge fan of team sports. There's also, you know, experience a little bit of water polo, I will say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so sport is a very big part of my past. Still like trying to, you know, get into uh, basketball time to time. After high school, I entered Kanir school and honestly, it blew my mind. Like my life totally changed. I had a new understanding of food and ingredients have a like you know appreciation for the ingredient actually it's not just like you know eating but there's so many layers until the food comes to in front of you so that's how i had the chance to experience life again i will say and after color school graduation uh, i found my i took risk to be honest with you because you know my english wasn't that good I didn't experience much out of my town, but I said I have to try this. And I found myself in Los Angeles. Basically, this city attracted me somehow. And now here I am. And uh, I found lots of similarities in LA and Istanbul, which is like the cultural diversity. LA is also a very diverse city and there's like lots of different cultures. And I think as a chef, I'm celebrating all these uh, diverse cultures with food, and I'm very happy to be here. Now, your passion right now is more holistic cooking, but when you first moved to LA, you worked for um, a restaurant within a hotel that was much more, I think, traditional fine dining. Is that right? That's correct, yes. So what was that like when you first started working for the Four Seasons in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills? And the style of cooking was much more formal and traditional. Um, Were you kind of already in this place as a chef where your passion was health supportive cooking? Or um, were you just happy to be cooking in the kitchen and learning? Where were you at that time? I mean, honestly, at that time, I was super excited because it was a new uh, place for me. So I was always observing and learning. Mm -hmm. But at one point, I realized that there is a disconnection between me and of my guests 
uh, how I can explain this a little deeper, I think. I want uh, the food I cook, I want it impact my guest or you, you know, much more than just as a, just seeing a well-plated dish. I want that dish impact you as a, like internally and externally, like with your health, with your understanding of food, with your appreciation of that animal that suffer and died and come into you. You know, all these, under- I want like, you know, the guests to understand all these aspects, but in restaurants, basically, it's not very possible because it's mostly just, uh, we are eating to enjoy ourselves, to amuse ourselves. Uh, we are not, we are forgetting that part that food is actually is the um, medicine, yeah. it's the healthcare. Uh, we are forgetting this, and I think it's really, really important that food is healthcare, but medicine is sick care. So the restaurant we are cooking, the restaurant uh, we are cooking is like uh, the food we presented, it looks beautiful, it's everything, but yeah. I think it lost its spirit. So I think that's the main reasons that I had to separate myself from the restaurants and find myself a new path. Yeah. Well, you chose the right city to do it in because people really embrace um, food that is beautiful and food that makes them feel good, you know, and they're definitely looking for both. Um, So how did you transition working at a restaurant and starting to work um, as a private chef for clients? So, I mean, I was, we were running different kitchens with different cuisines, Italian, Spanish, uh, French. But at the end of the day, I start that this is not what I want. When I start my journey uh, after the school, basically I wanted to be a chef and I gave my everything, like working 13, 14 hours a day, like not having off sometimes. Like I was okay with all of it. But at one point, it started, it started, doesn't make sense anymore. Like I said that this is not my path anymore. And at that time, like about that time, COVID hit whole oh, yeah. world. And, you know, all the restaurants shut down uh, in Los Angeles, but also in many cities. So I was thinking like right now, there's no restaurants. So what's next? Like this is not the future for me. And I attract this business model to myself and I start to work with a very, I will say precious nutritionist. And she, I start to use her clientele first. And right now, like I have my own client profile uh, and, you know, working with conscious people, it's always, I think, good. It feels much better. Yeah. Who was the nutritionist that you started working with? Uh, Laura Rashap. Okay. Uh, she uh, she lives in also Los Angeles. I really don't remember how we, she found me or I found her. I don't know. I don't remember that part. But somehow we attract each other, and we started this meal prep first uh, during this COVID. I was doing this uh, medicinal meals. Yes. And sending them around Los Angeles area. Then after it just. Keep going, keep going, and keep going. So Toward, does she you know, work? Yeah, does she work with clients um, to support any particular shifts or, or ailments that they're trying to let go of? Um, like, what is her specialty, and what did you support in cooking for? 
So basically, our clientele is like have some sort of health problems, or you know, some of them are like cancer patients and having heavy like chemotherapy, or like diabetics, or some sort of like gut sickness and illness. And all these people are looking for some sort of good source food, yeah. uh, high vibration of food. And I really appreciate these people. You know, they understand from food and they understand the meaning of what is like really good source food. Because yeah. it's really hard to find it outside. Like in any restaurant you go, it's really hard to find it, honestly. Either you have to cook for yourself or you have to find someone, you or like me, that's cooking this yeah. kind of food. Now for me, you know, my hesitation about eating out at a lot of restaurants is because I don't want my food cooked with canola oil or any processed oils. I don't want my food cooked in the type of equipment that they're cooking in because it's usually aluminum or old Teflon and that's chipping into my food. Um, it's the energy of the people you know, they're just, people, yes. yeah, they're just overworked and tired. And some of them don't even really want to be doing that. So they're, you know, no offense to them, but their bad attitude is getting definitely in my no offense, definitely offense, but it's true. Like the cook, the, the cook's energy is so important that like, there's no inspiration anymore. There is no life. There is no spirit in that food anymore. And when you eat that food, basically you are eating that energy. Either it's animal or plant, doesn't matter. Basically you're putting into your, into your body like that energy and low vibration. So you sh- cannot expect much from that in terms of, you know, health-wise. Do, is there, what is it that makes you avoid eating out at a restaurant? Basically, I know uh, uh, restaurants, you know, inside and outside very well. And as you said, like oil, oil that they're using, to be honest, no one is buying ghee because it's so like for restaurant budget, you know, uh, trying to go like, you know, cheaper and stuff. So oil, uh, the utensils, the cleanliness of the place, the water that they cook with it, the water that I hope they're washing their produce, but the water that they wash their produce with it, it's so important. Um, these are the one of the reasons that also like for restaurants, it's kind of hard for them to shop from farmer's market, Yeah, uh, you know, weekly. And I like to use only farmer's market ingredients because this for me is the most uh, trustful sources. Yeah. So these are the reasons that I avoid to go outside and eat at the restaurants. I did. But again, like yeah. these are my friends and like, you know, colleagues and I don't yeah. want to anyone here, but this is the truth that we need to talk, I think. No, absolutely. And I worked at a restaurant in New York City um, as an intern briefly. And I got to go with the chef to the farmer's market and he would go every week and there were ingredients that he would choose. And then there were, there were different farms at those farmer's markets that he would call directly to get produce from, but it is hard to build a menu consistently around farm fresh produce because you might not be able to get it every week. And, um, you know, people want to be able to come back to a restaurant consistently and get the same dish. So it's hard to be able to execute that. And, um, you know, when you're running a restaurant, it's hard to retrain a team on creating 
new recipes every day because you aren't necessarily getting the same produce every day. So it's, I completely understand where restaurants are coming from and trying to create consistency, but there is a, there is a balance between the consistency of McDonald's and Olive Garden versus the consistency of these small, you know, more unique bistros, right? That's definitely, definitely correct. And I respect the people who is out there and trying to do honest and clean job and try to serve people good food. I honor them and I respect them. But, you know, there are also uh, people at the uh, corporates that are doing this. Like, basically, they don't care about your health or your well-being. It's only matters is the financials. Yeah, there's some great restaurants out there now that are really trying to change the game. They're kind of more fast casuals. Like I love Dig In in New York, and they have a few locations across the city, and they're um, they're fast casual, but they they own farms and they're growing a lot of their own produce that they're bringing into their restaurants or their fast casual cafes. And they're changing certain items on the menu every month to reflect what's available at their farms in upstate New York. Like they're really changing the game. Sweet Green is trying to do that as well in the salad community. Chopped is trying to do that as well. So there are There's some- It's called Antico. Antico in Los Angeles. I used to work there too. And I think they are doing a really great job over there as well. Like uh, only farmer's market ingredients and like, you know, good quality of olive oil, good quality, like grass, grass fed meat and wild caught uh, salmon. I mean, definitely there are uh, people who is like, you know, pushing the limits. And even if, even like, you know, they're, I think, giving away from their, you know, income as well. Like if they follow the other side, maybe they will make like more money or they will get the ingredients like cheaper prices, but they just, you know, follow the right thing and trying to do the right thing. Yeah, I completely understand. I have no problem walking into Erewhon and picking up something to eat. Um, when I want a hot meal or a salad, because I can see everything that they use to prepare that. And usually they did use olive oil or ghee or, you know, an organic or grass finished butter. Um, I think we're all willing to pay the price for quality food, you know, from start to finish. Um, And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's a shift that's going to be happening in the culinary world um, over time. Hopefully it will be available for everyone. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. Now, one thing that you mentioned that I want to learn more about is Anatolian cuisine. And you mentioned to me um, in previous conversations just that there's 
ancient wisdom toward in that type of cuisine, um, just that type of thought and understanding of, um, of that traditional food. Can you tell me more about Anatolian food? Absolutely. Uh, honestly, my pleasure uh, talking here about Anatolia. It's like where I'm from and I'm very proud of the region. So Anatolia is a region in Turkey, basically, and it's like very, very old. I think uh, the first civilization was found right now in Göbekli Tepe, Urfa, is like uh, 9500 before Christ. The archaeologists find the, you know, the civilization's uh, signs. So it's very old. It's the first uh, nomads was start to live in one place and stop moving around. And why why it's Anatolia and Mesopotamia? Because of the climate and the soil is so so good for uh, suitable for agriculture. So when the soil is so uh, suitable, uh, you use it. Uh, how you use it, you start to live at that area where it's like, you know, when you get a lot. Basically, they were living off of the land. So this is the place might be, we don't know, but might be the first they find the, you know, fire and everything. But I'm just talking hypothetically right now. So there is a, because of the climate and the soil, uh, there is like very wide profile of ingredients that Anatolia serves to uh, world. I think it's every chef's dream. Uh, <clears throat> there is like lots of innovative and primitive uh, cooking techniques. For example, cooking like 20 meter or 50 meter under the soil, having a, you know, deep hole and like just having a fire underneath. I see anywhere world like, or uh, stuff all your meat and the vegetables in one big clay pot and close it and put it under the fire and when it comes on the table you just crack that clay pot in the middle of the table and just like it's a feast so this is like very ancient techniques those I know, are both very... techniques are like my dream to learn to prepare especially food cooked under the ground like it's my dream to own large enough land where I can cook under the ground anytime I want and no one can come around being like, what, what are you doing with that fire? That's exactly what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's just amazing. And as I said, very rich and Anatolian people are mostly, you know, people who is working on the soil and living off of the land. So there is not huge incomes that these people have. But basically, what is this Italy is like cucina poverta, which is like poor people's cuisine. It's like you get the like cheap, cheapest cut of the animal, or sometimes you don't use any animal produce, but whatever you have on your land, you basically bring all together and, uh, you know, put some spices on it and cook it and serve it. But I think what's make it the most uh, delicious about it is the soil and the sun and the water. Like uh, these three elements are uh, really bursting out there, I will say. That's amazing. Do you guys use a lot of organ meats in your cooking? Because you're using kind of the scrap meats, which are really the most health supportive. Definitely, definitely. We use a lot uh, offal, uh, I will mm-hmm. say, like uh, yeah. those organs, like liver. We definitely don't waste any part of the animal. We use everything uh, until the head to toe. Um, Definitely, we are using all of it. You're so lucky that you got to grow up with that type of food, that type of cuisine, and Absolutely. like just that knowledge. So have you, 
do you know how to cook under the ground like that confidently? Honestly, I didn't experience it, but yeah. I saw people like my grand grandparents that like digging uh, like 20 meter down the soil and having a fire, then put it the animal, then cover it with the soil and we come back like after 10, 12 hours after we come and they dig again and take out all the, uh, not just meat, like there's also like vegetables and stuff that cooking with the meat and like digging back and like taking out and putting on the plate and like having feast. I'm and not the expert of it, but yeah. I experience it. And what about the clay pot? So we call it tasty kebab, clay pot kebab. Basically, uh, you fill it up, the big clay pot uh, with like uh, vegetables, meat. Then you put a little bit like liquid inside. Mm -hmm. You close it and you can put it in the fire. Again, you can dig the floor and put it under the ground. Uh, then after it took some time, but uh, basically the steam, it doesn't go anywhere. So everything is steamed, it's staying inside. So every all the flavors getting richer and richer by the end of four or five hours. So after that, you just get that uh, clay and crack it on the table. It's also like a, a gastronomical uh, show, I would yeah. say. Yeah, it's very festive and like you, all you want is just to, first when you crack it, you uh, the smell of the dish is hit your face. Then after that, all you can think is like, I just want to eat this. That's amazing. I want to experience that. So thank you for sharing that. Um, it's of course, I mean, there are many techniques that we can talk here like, I don't know, uh, whole day series. Like if anyone is, uh, interested with kind of learn about the Anatolian cooking techniques, I can recommend the TV show which is on Netflix mm. on Chef's Table. There's an episode with a Turkish chef, um, Musa Dadele. Okay, so basically, as a restaurant, also in Istanbul, uh, he came to my college, also my culinary school, and give a couple you know classes about Anatolia and Anatolian cooking. Uh, if you guys want to watch and learn about it, it's on Netflix. Are there any Anatolian cookbooks that you have at home? Um, or where do you kind of go for your Turkish recipes? Uh, for my Turkish recipes, honestly, I don't like to follow a recipe. That's, uh, I think it's not my, I, I wouldn't say my thing, but that's how I enjoy cooking. Uh, that's the Anatolian This is like a little deeper conversation, I think. But I can say that I'm not following any recipe, but learning techniques and being from that side of the world is, I feel like it's in my system already. I just need to discover and put them there. I understand. So whenever whenever I read something or I saw something, I'm like, I know this already. Like I didn't maybe did it before. Like I didn't experience it like physically. It's coming as an intuition. Like I know this and I can make this. And I make like my own tweaks on it and have my own version. Is there anything that you're really into cooking for yourself right now? Uh, yes. I mean, um, mostly my diet is like uh, plant-based. Uh, I'm when I sometimes I'm from Turkey, right? Our big part of the diet is like meat, and I grow up with that kind of dietary system until I think I was like 26 that I was following it. After I come here, I start to consume less and less, and one day I decide to go vegetarian fully. 
I did it for a while, but I started to crave meat and stuff. And right now, whenever I crave meat, I just want to be respectful to my body and find a good source of meat, which is, you know, all of us know, I think grass-fed or wild-caught uh, fishes, I think very important. Well, mostly I like ethnic flavors and ethnic mm-hmm. cuisines. It doesn't have to be just Middle Eastern, like Asian or Moroccan. Uh, I like ethnic flavor and I'm by myself or with my girlfriend. Like basically we are cooking these ethnic flavors for ourselves. So what do you have on the menu that you're planning on cooking for yourself in the next few days? Anything in particular? Uh, basically, whatever I have in my fridge or whatever I found on the farmer's market, uh, I'm not like planning. I'm going to cook, let's say, I don't know, lasagna for myself. I'm not that kind of person. I just, you know, find the freshest and the nicest ingredients and come up with some something. But yeah. basically, I like, mostly I like stews, I will say. Like with the, like, you know, legumes. Lots of legumes and lots of vegetables. Nice. It is soup season, so... It's interesting. I don't know if you have this experience, but because I cook so much for other people that I forget that I haven't consumed it because the first part of digestion is starts when we've prepared the food. Um, And so it's weird being a chef when you're making soups every day for other people, because a part of you feels like, oh, I've had soup the past few days, but you actually never got to take the time to consume it. Never had it, right? Yeah. So it, I have that weird thing that happens to me and it happens to me with certain vegetables too. I'll feel like, oh my God, I've been eating so much chard recently and I haven't had <laughs> any chard. I've just been making chard for, for every single one of my clients. I'm just, I'm just working with chard, but I'm keep forgetting to eat it. Right. I know yeah. that feeling very well. Yes. Okay. So I'm not alone. It's a weird thing. And <laughs> um, it, it must, it must be really interesting for mothers preparing food for their children um, especially ones that are following a more holistic cuisine and mm-hmm. constantly preparing different meals for their children according to what they need to grow. Um, and then also taking the time to make something for yourself that's nourishing. It's um, it's a it's an interesting mental game that you end up playing with yourself. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so um, is there anything that you are really loving um are really into learning right now about food and water and wellness um, that you've been really diving into? I've been learning about food since a culinary school started and it's like an endless world. I think there will be no stopping about learning. And right now, since I step into also holistic aspect of food, definitely learning every day something new. Uh, with water, uh, our bodies, like almost 70, more than 75, I feel like 88% of our bodies is like water. So basically what you drink is, it becomes you. And how water is important, how these pH differences are important for your digestion or your, for your cooking or cleaning the pesticide from your food. Uh, there's lots of things into, but one thing right now I'm really into and like looking forward to getting to more deeper levels is like sound, music and sound healing. Mm-hmm. It definitely, I'm believing in uh, healing power of food, definitely. And I think sound and music has the same thing. And music is, I think, another language. 
and I'm really into express myself with this new language and show people its own uh, healing uh, aspects. Yeah, I definitely know notice a difference on how I execute food for myself and for my clients, depending on whether I have music playing or not, and then what type of music. Um, and so there is certain music that I will constantly turn to while I'm cooking for a client to help kind of calm my nervous system. So then my experience cooking for them is so much smoother and calm. It really, I physically, mentally, and emotionally shift because of the vibration of the sound. Definitely. I mean, it's really important. If you're cooking, let's say you're mad at something and you're cooking with it. Oh, yeah. And food is not that, you know, uh, it's not... Uh, transmitting your it's directly transmitting your energy to the other side so i believe that like you know whatever energy that you are cooked with it's going to be transmitted to your clients so always trying to ground myself you know before cooking or during cooking if i you know something happened i just stop cooking getting it back to myself maybe like 10 minutes meditation and going back to kitchen again like we are burning lots of sages, honestly, in the kitchen, trying to make it, you know, sacred place uh, because I think it's really important. Uh, my girlfriend, she's practice, uh, practicing Reiki. And, you know, when everything is finished and everything is good, she's doing like, you know, a little bit of Reiki session to clean any like, you know, uh, bad energy or heavy feeling from the food and like put the intention of just uh, be a medicine for that person. Yeah, we're living in such a wonderful time that people are starting to uh, think differently about the food that they consume and just be more thoughtful before they consume it. It's really a neat time that we're living in and there's so much for us to all learn. Absolutely. I think uh, I'm so excited that we are living in this specific this timeline and lots of things are changing and shifting in a good way. Looks like things are going worse, but I don't believe that. I think everything is going really, really, really good. But this is just the beginning. So and we are witnessing and we are part of it. I think it's make it really precious this lifetime experience. Well, I'm so grateful to have met you and for um, Abby O'Neill to have connected us. Thank you, Abby. Definitely. <laughs> yes, I adore Abby. Um, where can more people learn about you or reach out to you in LA for um, meal prep or personal chef work? Right now, I'm uh, active on the most active on my Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Uh, working on a new concept and with this new concept uh, we are building our own website also very soon time i will share this on my instagram page as well but right now i'm on instagram the most active okay and what's your instagram handle uh adam cooks all right perfect and um is there a website that people should plan to check in a few in a few weeks or a few months uh, not right now. I mean, we got the domain, but I don't want to share it right now. But no in a couple of weeks or months, definitely uh, on my Instagram page, I will publish it. And then can you leave our listeners with maybe one healthy tip that they can consider adding into their life to improve their well-being? Absolutely. I mean, you know, diet and water, we talk about it. It's really important. But I think knowing yourself and learning about yourself is very important. I think everybody should find their authentic self. Uh, 
basically and become the best version of yourself every day and honor your higher self and when you do those things um like your world your world is not anymore it's definitely changed in a good way and you will feel everything you know living on 5d like high vibrational it's you're gonna experience it with finding your authentic self well thank you so much for chatting with me today and um, i look forward to hopefully cooking or eating with you sometime soon absolutely it was a pleasure for me and thank you for having me on your podcast and i hope finally at one point we cook together and eat together i know i think so since we both have a passion for for mm-hmm. healing food and, and good food and you know thoughtful con- conscious you know preparation it would be fun there's always something you can learn from another person so and especially with your background um and just your upbringing with being at the crossroads of the world and all the different foods and spices and vegetables and meats. Um, I feel like there's, there's much to learn from, from you and your culinary experiences. Thank you very much. I would like to share and I would like to also learn from you. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, thank you so <laughs> much and looking forward to connecting again soon. Likewise. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.